Welcome to Doggy Dish, where two of LA's best dog trainers serve up a hearty helping of dog topics. And now, here are your hosts, Laura Barheny of Animal Attraction Unlimited and Kim Reinhardt of Ain't Misbehaving Canine. Hi, this is Kim Reinhardt with Ain't Misbehaving Canine and Laura Barheny from Animal Attraction Unlimited. Thank you for joining us today. And I want to apologize, I've got a cold, so I sound pretty funky, but I'm going to try to keep the yucky noises to a minimum. (laughs) (laughs) And we will try to edit all of those out. (laughs) So today we're going to talk about socialization, and I think it's a really misunderstood term. Yes, it is. I think that a lot of people think that just taking your dog out and sitting at Starbucks, oh, I shouldn't have said that, coffee bean, I'm a coffee bean girl. (laughs) And sitting at coffee bean with your one. dog. Yeah, okay, a coffee place. <laughs> or put them in the basket and take them to Home Depot or someplace. And just having them have those experiences, yes, that's all good, but that's not socialization. It isn't. And I think that people have an idea that if a dog is socialized, if they've just been out and around people, then they'll get socialized. And that's just not the case. They just don't get it that there's a whole process involved. Especially if you have them around people but... You don't let anybody say hi to the dog. You don't let anybody interact with the dog. Or people just walk by and go, oh, look, there's a dog. Or don't even say, look, there's a dog. And they just keep walking by. The dog's going, well, look at all these people, but nobody pays attention to me. Or you have them out around other dogs, but you have them around other dogs that are so inappropriate for them to be around. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of overwhelming and upsetting experiences that don't add to their ease around others. So. I have people I have people with puppies ask me, can I take my dog over to play with my neighbor's dog? Because my vet doesn't want me to take it anyplace else. Like, I, of course, not to a dog park, but can I go play with my neighbor's dog? And I say, well, what is your neighbor's dog like? Well, she kind of goes to the dog park a lot and kind of gets into squabbles. And no, no, no. That's right. Don't take your puppy over there. That's right. Just because somebody has a dog that's available to you doesn't necessarily mean that it's a good choice for your dog. You want your dog, all of your dog's first 150 to 200 interactions, ideally, to be nice. Mm -hmm. To be with nice dogs, with nice people, people who just coddle over the dog and what a good puppy and hold the dog, feed the puppy. Mm -hmm. And the dogs that play with the puppy are nice, appropriate interactions. Anybody who wants to play real rough with your young dog, not so much. That happens a lot. People will like dogs a lot, and they'll say, oh, I love dogs. And so you'll bring your puppy out, and they start to play with your dog the way they play with their dog. And their dog is very comfortable with it, but it's overwhelming to your dog. That would be a really, really poor experience for that dog to have, your puppy to have. And make sure that you don't allow somebody to do that because you don't want to be rude. Right. Because that happens a lot. You know, especially your friends come over and they start playing with your dog inappropriately. And it's no different than them letting your dog jump up on them when you've been trying to get your dog not to jump on people. Right. But you don't want to step in and go, uh, please don't do that. And they say, oh, but I play with my dog like this all the time. Or my dog loves this. Or all dogs love me. And in reality, what you're doing is you're setting your dog up to be uncomfortable. So there is a socialization period. Our dogs, right? And scientifically, that would be defined as? I think it's until 15 weeks. Yeah, I do too. It's a, it's a fairly small window. It's not a huge window. So, unfortunately, that means that if you go by what your veterinarian says, and we're not veterinarians, and we're not telling you to go contrary to what your vet says, but... But do. Was Kim. I'll, I'll own it. But since you only have until 15 weeks to socialize your dog, and your vet says wait until your dog is fully vaccinated to get him out and socialize him, most dogs aren't fully vaccinated until they're after 16 weeks old. Yeah, it's, it's going to make things rough. And if your dog never gets out of the house, unfortunately, at an early age, 
that's going to make things rough too because mm-hmm. dogs don't just need to be socialized towards people. They need good experiences to put into their little memory banks that says, oh, this is all okay. It's okay for me to be out. So you're kind of juggling between keeping your dog safe from potential problems and forming that animal that you're going to live with for the next, hopefully, 15 years. To be honest with you, you are just as likely to bring something in on the bottom of your shoes as your dog is to get it going out in the world. Well, especially if you're careful. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you don't walk your dog on the grass where other dogs have walked. You don't let him sniff a whole lot. But you can walk him down the sidewalk. Like I said, you can put him in a shopping cart and wheel him around a store someplace. Right. Not a grocery store. That's probably not a good Right. And you can take him to friends' houses. I mean, there are Mm -hmm. ways that you can take him out into situations that you know are safe. Recently, I read something from animal behaviorist who said that a dog should meet like 100 people in its first 15 weeks of life or something like that. Having bred a litter of dogs only once, but I did, I will tell you, oh my God, good luck with that because I don't want 100 people, 100 different people, by the way, traipsing in and out of my house. Tell my dog is, my dog, my puppies are 10 weeks old. I mean, it's really a lot of work to have puppies anyways. I didn't release mine until they were 10 weeks old, but, but I did have a lot of people coming and going, just not 100, not by a long shot. But you do want to give them a variety of experiences. You want to be sure that they have experiences not just with a bunch of women. You want to make sure that they also have experiences with men. And children. And children, right. And And children of all ages, not just toddlers or not just six- or seven-year-olds. Babies would be great, you know, just hearing a baby sound or... Smells and sounds and sights of a baby. Absolutely. You're not going to necessarily put that child at risk. You're not going to set him down in the center of puppies and go, here, good luck with that. (laughs) But Or set a puppy down in a pile of kids. Right, absolutely. Overwhelming experience. So there is a way to go about socializing your dog. And that is a separate issue from taking a one-year-old dog who's not been around a lot of things and then taking them out and working with them. If that is your problem, you really shouldn't be listening to socializing your dog. You should be listening to building confidence, which we did a podcast about building confidence because it's a different thing. Basically, the window of opportunity is kind of closed, and you're working at it, and there are some similarities between that and what we're talking about right now, but but they're also different. Yes. Because there's a difference in the way that you go about it. And like after 15 weeks, I look at socialization as you're kind of like just plugging the holes in the dike and hoping that that it works well. Well, i got to be honest with you. The 15 weeks thing, I realize that that's a scientific concept. I don't totally It can vary with breeds of dogs. Yeah. I mean, I've raised a lot of dogs, and I think that there's a lot that you can do when they're young dogs. They're still very malleable and very moldable. But... You want to try to give your puppy, your young dog, and certainly if you're raising a litter of puppies, you want to try to give them a variety of experiences. One of the hardest things when people are first, when they whelp a litter, let's say. Well, one of the worst things is that people do it and they don't give any thought to it ahead of time. But if you're going to do that and you've taken all the necessary precautions and you've done all the things that you need to do medically and you've really thought it through, then you're also going to think through the process of, giving that dog, those babies a lot of experiences when they're young. That means not just keeping them in one room. You can't just keep them in one room the whole time because they've got to get out and they've got to have different experiences. And put their feet on different surfaces. Absolutely. Different smells. They've got to go outside. They've got to come inside. I mean, you've got to give those things a lot of thought. But once they then go into their new home, and as I said with my puppies, I didn't release until they were 10 weeks old. Some people would argue with that. Some people would think that was a bad idea. I think the dogs get so much out of their um, interaction with their litter mates 
out of their interaction with their mother. I mean, there's just huge amounts that are learned in that time. It's amazing to watch. And it's age-appropriate play, too. Always. Perfect. It's perfect. And mama, too. Yeah, because even if you send a puppy home to live with a a household that has other dogs in it, it's not age-appropriate. No. It's not, and they do play very, very, very differently, and the lessons that they learn are very, very different. And while a puppy might tell its litter mate to stop it, and they might even fire on it because they're ticked because you went too far, it's not the same as an adult dog that then gets mad and corrects the puppy and maybe does it well or maybe really overwhelms the puppy. So you bring your new puppy home, and you want to give him some experiences. You want to think about the quality of those experiences. Are they going to be experiences that he's going to get something out of positive or is it going to be overwhelming? That's a big deal. And ideally, you know, I look at it as a padding. Let's say you have a puppy who has met only five, ten dogs. Okay, so he's met ten dogs and nine of those dogs were really nice and one of them was a real jerk. Mm-hmm. One of them was a bully. One of them tried to kill the puppy, okay, in the puppy's mind. So now the puppy's going to walk around in life thinking that ten percent Right. Of the dogs out there are mean. Right. And so now and depending on how overwhelming that experience was, he might even have a bigger reaction right. to that. But if your puppy meets 99 dogs that are really nice and really fun to play with and then meets one jerk dog, then he goes, oh, you're just a jerk. I Now I know that only 1% of the dogs out there are going to be jerks like you, but I have a padding of 99 dogs that I know are nice. So I think that the majority of dogs out there are nice. The same thing with people. Right. If the first person that your puppy meets that's wearing a hat and sunglasses is friendly is and doesn't do anything bad yes, and is in no way threatening to them, then they're not going to be freaked out about a hat and sunglasses. Mm-hmm. But that's going to become, well, I mean, unless they have four other experiences that are not so great. <laughs> right. But, yeah, that's just it. You need to give them as many experiences as possible so that they start to look at the world as, okay, there are possibilities here, but they aren't all negative. And a lot of times... You'll have dogs that, even within the same group, even within the same breeding, the same litter, some of the dogs are very confident outgoing. Some of the dogs are less so. And so those might require a little bit more work. Or they might require that you handle that work with a little bit more thought. So while all of it takes thought, those dogs, you might have to cherry pick their experiences a little more carefully so that they were always presented with situations that were not overwhelming and that they could deal with. If you work with your puppy and you get him around a lot of different people. Now, here's the problem with getting him out around a lot of different people. I've seen people do this. They get the dogs out around a lot of different people, but they exhaust him Mm -hmm. in the process. They keep him out for two hours at a time. Yes. You can take a very confident puppy who is probably going to have pretty good experiences and actually give him bad experiences by exhausting him. Just thoroughly exhausting him. Because then every time he goes out, it's enjoyable at first, but then he can anticipate how this is going to end. And it always ends on a negative. It will end on a negative. That's the problem with that is that his last experiences were probably unwanted experiences because he was uncomfortable. Is he going to know that he's tired? Maybe, maybe not. I've I've seen overtired children who then fought sleep like crazy. They may even still be very amped up. But their experiences are clouded by the emotion and the way that they're feeling at that time, which is uncomfortable, mm-hmm. truly uncomfortable. So that's another thing that you want to really take into consideration is that while you're getting your puppy out around this many different people in these many different situations, that you make sure that he's up for it. 
And keep your sessions short. Yes. Don't take in some... I recently worked with, with a family who just rescued a dog, and he's a little doggy on leash, a little overreactive towards other dogs on leash, and they take him to the son's football games. And he sits there on a leash during the entire football game. So I said, well, you're only two blocks away, so why don't you just keep him there for 20 minutes and then bring him home? Right. Instead of forcing him to stay there through the entire right. thing to where it all ends on a really bad note. Right. And that's something I think people don't take into consideration. I've been out and seen people with, we're specifically talking about socializations. So that's why I'm focusing on young dogs. But I've seen people out with very, very young dogs, and I could look at the puppy and see that's a really tired puppy. That's a really overwhelmed puppy now. I don't know what he was like prior to being really tired because I didn't see him prior to being really tired, but I'll tell you right now, these are not good experiences he's having. Mm -hmm. Is he coping with him? He's coping with him because he has to. What's Mm -hmm. his choice? But he's overwhelmed. He is overwhelmed, and you are not going to create a dog that is comfortable by overwhelming him. And it's going to backfire socialization-wise. It happens with a lot of toy dogs because people get toy dogs and they want to carry them around a lot. And they want everybody to say hi to them. Yeah. But... In a very controlled way. Here, touch my puppy. Now I pull him back up to me, and I just keep carting him around and carting him around and carting him around. He never really has an opportunity to relate to you on any personal level. There's no the puppy having some contact with the outside person. It's just in context of being handed over and handed back. And he's tired, and he can't really sleep. Even if they sleep in your arms, trust me, they're not really sleeping, not like they would sleep. every time you move, he kind of wakes up. Of course. And so you're creating this situation where this you think you're socializing the dog, but in reality you're just pushing the dog past his limits. A really healthy way to socialize your dog is using your thought processes and not trying to just fit it into your life. So actually taking your life situations and saying, how can we use this situation in a controlled way to work with my dog? So you're, for instance, of taking him down, introducing him to some people at the game, and then taking him home and putting him away. Before he hits his limit. Or even, if the weather is cool, putting him in a crate in the car where he's got the stuff to be comfortable. It would be a much better situation yeah. than keeping him out that whole time right. where he starts to get overwhelmed and exhausted. Yeah, you bring him out for five minutes, have him have a bunch of good interactions and put him back before it goes bad. And then bring him out again. And then right. put him back. And then bring him out again and then put him back. We have a friend who got a puppy for working type stuff for mm-hmm. competition type stuff and in socializing and people here I'm using my quotation fingers <laughs> so in socializing him she took him a lot of places but didn't actually let him interact right because her goal was to have a competition dog so her goal was to get him to focus on her in the presence of all of these other things going on so guess what she never actually socialized the dog she thought she was But she wasn't. She was getting him out and about in a lot of places, but he never had to interact with the outside world. And so then when he hit adolescence, like two two years old-ish, it was, you know, he's in the middle of adolescence, Uh he started having some issues. And I would imagine nerve issues. Absolutely nerve issues. Tails up, hackles up all the way down to the rear end. Right. You know, all the way down to the tailbone. I mean, completely out of fear and nerves. Right. So it's important to thoughtfully have these encounters, but not over-control them so that the dog has no natural experiences. Mm -hmm. Because she could have fixed that by allowing him to say hello and be social and really letting go enough 
to allow him to have those interactions and make the most of those interactions. So he started to become comfortable with other people, other dogs. Because that's what socialization is. You know, it's not socialization. You're not socializing if you go to a party and stand in a corner and don't look at anybody and don't have anybody talk to you. That is not socialization. That's me, actually, (laughs) at a party. I've always wondered about your socialization. But anyway, um, (laughs) but yeah, it's socializing. It's getting out and being part of things. And when you're picking out dogs for your young dog to socialize with, you do want to hopefully pick out dogs that are have the same energy level or possibly a little lower. You really want to be careful about throwing him in with dogs that are going to overwhelm him. Especially, as you said, if he's had 10 or 11 experiences with dogs who haven't overwhelmed him, and then he has one experience with a dog that just overwhelms him a little bit, he's probably going to learn something really valuable. Right, and we're building his tolerance for stuff like that. And he's got to go to the dog that says no. He's got to be around the dog that is going to tell him no and maybe react a little bit different than what's normal. But you wouldn't then put him into something that was so over the top that it totally overwhelmed him. That's one of my pet peeves, actually, is people who have young dogs that put him in with dogs. That A good, for instance, would be somebody who gets a four-month-old puppy and the neighbors up the street have an eight-month-old puppy, so they're two puppies, so they put him into play. Yes. There's such a huge difference in those puppies. The eight-month-old is much more confident. Oh, yeah. And has probably had a lot of experiences, especially if that eight-month-old lives with an adult dog. You know, you may not want your puppy to play with their adult dog, but you think that the eight-month-old is okay for them to play with. But guess who that eight-month-old has been playing with for the last eight months? Right. He's been playing with an adult dog. Right. So his play style is going to be completely inappropriate for this four-month-old dog. And the truth is, at a certain point, they start to become very... Oftentimes, they start to become a little power hungry. They like to come in and overwhelm another dog. They like mm-hmm. to kind of push their weight around a little bit. That's what all these wrestling moves I learned. Yeah, that's very normal dog behavior. Unfortunately, for an eight-month-old eight and an eight-month-old, it might be okay. But for an eight-month-old and a four-month-old, it's totally out of context for the four-month-old. He doesn't understand it, and it just feels scary. And so it's going to overwhelm him, and it's going to create a problem. It's kind of like a tennis match between a 10-year-old and a 20-year-old. Yes. Yes, or a 10-year-old and a 17-year-old, because then you have, you know. At least a 20-year-old is a little more mature and hopefully hopefully has some sense. (laughs) Hopefully, yeah. But, you know, there is that kind of area where, you know, depending on the kid, of course, there's a difference. But there's a difference in in teenage years where kids are kind of like that. They're a little power-hungry. They're kind of stretching their wings. They're starting to get arrogant. They think they know everything, and adults are stupid. Well, and they're starting to really stretch their wings and, and start to feel their power. They're flexing their muscles a little bit. And you know what? Though, that can be overwhelming unless it's the right kid with the right kid. So you just really have to pick these things out and realize that your puppy is going to try to make it work, by the way. Puppies try. They try to make it work. Even if he's overwhelmed, he's going to try to make it work. But it doesn't necessarily mean that he's having the experience that's going to help him with his future encounters with other animals. And that's what you're trying to do. When you're socializing, you're trying to teach, you're trying to allow that puppy to have experiences that are going to help him understand how to navigate his world, how to navigate the world around humans and around other animals, and how to do that successfully with the least amount of problems. So you want him to learn lessons about 
picking up signals when somebody is saying, no, I don't want to play with you anymore. Mm -hmm. And you want him to learn lessons about sometimes people are cranky and they're not in the mood. And you want him to learn lessons about people are friendly on the most part and I want to be friendly to them. And you want him to learn lessons about, but I don't want to run up and jump on every single person that I ever see because that could create a problem. Now, some of that comes in with training. That's not really a socialization issue. But it is something to think about when you're having those early experiences because that's one of those things that I was talking about when you have or when you you were talking about when you have the friend that, oh, all dogs love me, and so mm-hmm. they just let the puppy do anything he wants to do with absolutely no limits, that's fine if it's one person. But if that puppy has a lot of experiences like that, he's not going to learn anything about stopping. Yeah, and don't worry about being rude to your friends if they're being inappropriate with your puppy. Say, your pup, well, you stop that now. Yeah, yeah, or step in between or take the puppy away. Right. Because you are building a lifelong relationship with this dog, and this dog needs to depend on you, and you're also the one that has to live with this dog. So don't let your friend come over and untrain your dog. Right. One of the things that I think people benefit from is if they, prior to getting a puppy, give thought to this kind of stuff. If they think about who can I have the puppy play with. If you get a puppy from a breeder, you can say, can we set up some play dates with the other puppy owners? Can we make some time so that they can have some appropriate play? One of the reasons that I kept my puppies till they were 10 weeks old is because I wanted them to have that appropriate play with one another. But beyond that, I then had play dates at my house for the puppies. And they came and they all played together. And that's not the only interaction with other dogs they had, but it was really good interaction because it was very age-appropriate. I wouldn't want that to be the only interaction they had because then they would only learn about how to behave with other Australian Shepherds. And other dogs play differently. And like we talked about, different breeds have different play styles. Yes, definitely. So I guess the message here is you want to seek out a lot of different experiences for your dog. You want to thoughtfully choose those experiences so that they aren't overwhelming. You want to make sure that you do them at a time when the dog has energy and isn't in a place where he's too tired. Yes, and make sure that your puppy is still having fun. And just because you were able to have him out last weekend for an hour doesn't mean that this coming weekend you can have him out for an hour. You know what? On the Doggy Dish website, there is a picture of me laying down with my little staffy bowl. And I had taken him to a party at a friend's house. It was a family party. It wasn't a ton of people. And I had him outside. He had a boxer that that the puppy got along very well, which was very appropriate with him. And and they had a couple of little kids over, and there were people, and he was out, and he was socializing, and he was having a good time. And at some point, I said, okay, we got to stop now because he's tired, and i got to give him a rest, some rest time. And I went into the back of the house. I knew these people very well, by the way. And I went into the back of the house, and I laid down on the bed and laid him down with me, and he went to sleep because mm-hmm. he wouldn't settle down unless I went in of and course. settled down with him. Right. Well, I could have put him at crate, I guess. That's just the way I chose to deal with it. And he slept for quite a while. Mm -hmm. And then when he got up, he got back into the party and he got back into playing. And honestly, that's the kind of experiences they need. Now, not everybody is going to break off from the party and go, you know, back and take the time. I'm a dog person. That's what I do. But even if I had, well, I did have, I just didn't choose to do this, even if I had set up a crate for him with some place to put him away and allow him to rest, get it out of the in situation. So it was sort of the best of both worlds. It was having him around all these different people, having him around another dog, having him around children, 
having him around in a situation, being able to control that and being able to take him out of it when I felt, okay, too much is happening right now. And that was a perfect socialization exercise. Right. And again, it wasn't just having him around. It was interacting. Absolutely. Because that's what it's about, is interacting with the things that are going on and the dogs and the people. Yes. the interacting with, not just standing back and watching. And I have photos from that party, and it's really interesting for me now to look back on it. That was a lot of years ago. It's really interesting for me to look, well, not that many, but it was quite a while ago. It's interesting for me to look back on it because... I look at him, his posture, while he was at this party, and I see him relaxed and happy and enjoying himself. And I can see from his facial expression, from his body language, I can see him being really, you know, really having a good time. And Mm -hmm. this experience in general was a really good experience for him. And I don't see tired pictures in there. I just know that at some point I decided, okay, it's time to stop this now. And I tend to err on the side of caution. I want to stop them before they get tired. Absolutely. Before they're ha- Ideally, not yes. the time. Yeah. So it can be done, is my point. You can even experience what you want. Like there, I was at a party. You can even have a situation, an outside barbecue. You can even have a situation like that where you can go and be in a social setting but have thought it through enough to have set something up to be able to let the dog relax. Right. And that's a really good point is that if you're going to take your dog to somebody's house and your dog is still young or hasn't been there before, take a crate. Right. Take a crate with you. Put it in a in a back room somewhere. Don't just put him in the crate in whatever room the party is happening no. because then he's not going to get any rest. And then if there are other dogs there, the dogs are going to come up and to the front of the crate and pester him and whatever. Put the crate in a back room someplace where you can say, okay, time for you to take a rest. You put him in his crate, close the door, and he can just sit in there by himself and chill out for a little while. You can give him something to chew on. You can give him something for him to relax. To a relax stuffed him. toy. You can w- yes. whatever. It doesn't matter. Just give the dog a place to calm down and to come down from that what all is happening state of arousal it's really important and it will make a huge difference between the dog having a great time or the dog coming away overwhelmed all right so is there anything else nope i think that's it well thank you very much for joining us today this is kim reinhardt with ain't misbehaving canine and laura burheny with animal attraction unlimited and just a reminder you can email us with topic suggestions or questions that you might have at dogdishtopics at yahoo.com, which you can find on our website. And also remember, we're on Facebook. Stop by and say hello and listen to us on iTunes. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Doggy Dish, a podcast series about dog training and other related issues. To suggest a topic for a future segment, please email us at dogdishtopics at yahoo.com. To learn more about our featured trainers, or if you're interested in training for your own dog and you live in the Los Angeles area, you may contact Laura or Kim directly. To speak with Laura, call 818-800-4818 or visit her website at www.petdogtrainer.com. To speak with Kim, call 818 818- Eight nine zero one one three three, or visit her website at www.beagooddog.com. Thank you for listening.